Um, looking at a at the parsha and just uh, extracting one particular mitzvah from the parsha, I'm I'm reminded of a shear that I heard many many years ago um, in 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 yeshiva. You know, uh, out of all the rabbonim that were in the gush, besides uh, Rav Lichtenstein himself, I was closest to Rabbi Yomin Tavori Zatzal, and um, and he. I went, uh, I went to his Gemara Shir for a while, and the, the, the main kesher I made with him was through his shirim, his different chugim. So he had different series of, uh, of shirim. It started off with Hilchot uh, Tshuva of the Rambam, and then uh, went through a series on the, the, the Sefer Minchat Chinuch, Sefer Achinuch Minchat Chinuch, which uh, enumerated the various mitzvot in each parasha. So I remember, I remember on this week's parsha, parsha of Korach. So he chose uh, to discuss a mitzvah that comes at the end of the sedra, after Korach has uh, and Datan and Aviram, after they've all been um, dealt with, and Aaron is the Kohen Gadol and the tribe of Levi in in general, they've all been given their. Um, the the, the the laws of uh, of of the Mikdash, so the Levim, the tribe of Levi themselves, um, whom Korach really could have been a major leader in, but the tribe of Levi they, they were given a, a specific mitzvah, and um, if you have a Tanakh in front of you, so in Sefer Bamidbar, Perak Yud Chet, Pasuk Bet, is where we're gonna where we're gonna start. Um, over the psukim there, uh, you know, Bet Gimel Dalad, we start to see a mitzvah taking shape that specifically um, applies to to Shevet Levi. So, again, as Akosh Baruch is now, um, as, as so to speak, demonstrated unequivocally that, that he's chosen Shevet Levi, and um, the mitzvah now comes in the following way. Uh, you have to, everyone has to be careful here. I mean, the, the, the whole concept of Mikdash, it's very sensitive. The person who violates the Kedusha sensitivity of the Mikdash is going to get into serious trouble. And so therefore, in order to make sure that people don't, um, don't violate the sensitivity of Kedusha there, so Pasuk Bet tells you, um, you need to instruct and teach the, the members of Levim from the tribe of Levi, uh, they are going to be of help to you. And they're going to help you make sure that, number one, they're going to enhance the, the actual Avodah um, of the Mikdash. And they're going to also make sure that people don't overstep sensitive boundaries. They've got to make sure that they guard the Beit HaMikdash um, with a shmirah, a type of guardianship, and to make sure that people don't overstep these boundaries. Um, 
ולמזבח לא יקרבו ולא ימותו גם הם גם עצם. ונרבו עליך ושמרו את משמרת אוהל מועד לכל עבוד לך אוהל, וזר לא יקרב עליכם. So there's a, a, a concept of שמירת המקדש, which is the, the, the name of the mitzvah that we're going to discuss a little here. Uh, this was the, this, is, this particular mitzvah is what I remember from a shir going back uh, 30 plus years ago. Now, in order to appreciate this uh, mitzvah called שמירת המקדש, where you had to have Levim standing guard. Kohanim also a little bit, because there were certain parts of the Beit HaMidash that even Levim, the Levim couldn't go either. But in principle, um, the mitzvah was given to Shevet Levi. Now, the Rambam, if you have the, if you have the Svaria, so just uh, click on the thumbnail uh, halacha and then go to the Rambam. And once you're in the Rambam, you know, hit the arrow and it'll take you down to, uh, if you're looking at the English, it'll be uh, the chosen temple. Um, that would, And that will be um, in the Mishnah Torah, it would be Hilchot Beit HaBechira, the chosen temple. Full, you, you got it? I'm just, you hit, what do you hit? I'm in Mishnah Torah. Wait. Okay, so you, you're in Mishnah Torah. Um, and we got we got to go just go down to um, the section that is called the Hilchot Beit Abachira in English. It's the chosen temple. So it's hard. Uh, the chosen temple. Yeah, I got it. You got it. Yeah, chosen temple. What chapter? Okay, so then just click down on the arrow and get to Perikhet. Okay. Yeah. You with me? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So the Rambam in Hilchot Beit Abichira, Perichet, Alocha Aleph, states as follows, Shmirat HaMikdash Mitzvah Tasei. There's a Mitzvah say to do Shmirat HaMikdash. Now, lest you think that it has anything to do with, with uh, protecting the Mikdash, Says the Rambam, and even though uh, we could be living in an era where there's where there's no threat to us at all whatsoever, and therefore you wouldn't need to have a whole setup of guards and guard duty to protect the, the Beit Hamikdash. But nevertheless, the mitzvah applies regardless of whether you have to actually physically protect it or not. This is a different type of shmira. It's got nothing to do with safety. This has got to do with kavod. There's a kind of, uh, there's a, a type of shmira which gives uh, a certain level of chashivut, importance, um, you know, to the place. Like the Rambam finishes off there, shomrin. The palterin shaina lav shomrin. You can't compare a uh, a palace which has an honored god standing around it to one that doesn't have an honored god. So you have to basically uh, elevate the the status of the mikdash in the eyes of the people by creating a, a watch around the beit hamikdash, and that shmirah around the beit hamikdash elevates the status of the 
of the place. So, you know, it's uh, Lahabil, you know, you've got uh, Buckingham Palace. It's got guards there, day and night. Now, those guards are not there for protection. You know, I don't know if those guns even work anymore, the ones with the bayonets, and I don't even know if those guards can see. But um, <laughs> in the end of the day, it's, it's there. It's a, what they call a Mishmar Kavod. Um, they're not protecting you, um, but rather they're giving a certain dignity to the place. And that's, the, that's how the Rambam interprets this, this mitzvah of here coming out of the, out of the parsha. If you have a look at Halokha uh, Beis, so the Rambam continues, We'll get to that in a second. And this idea that there's a watch around the Beit HaMikdash um, throughout the night is based on these, these psukim at the end of Pashat Korach. Um, bottom line is that the mitzvah to God, the Beit HaMikdash, is, um, is shared between the Kohanim and the Levian. If somebody fell asleep while guarding, you know, or you didn't turn up, you didn't do it. Avru belota say, you'd 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 violate a uh, an isur love. Shenei mar v'shamrut mishpenet hakodesh. Ulushon shmira azarai. Halachically, the 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 phrase shmira v'shamru that you shall guard something is a is a mandate. You have to guard. It's a warning that if you don't, um. You are you, you not only have not fulfilled the mitzvah, you've been mevatel, a mitzvah rasay and ubitul shmirato. Um, if you if you mevatel the mitzvah, you know there's a there's an isur as well involved. Okay, and then the, the rest of the halachas go and tell you where the kohanim and levim should stand. So it tells you mitzvah shmirato you are kohanim shomrim mibifnim. Okay, so they got to share it exactly. And then in the halochas that follow, there's very specific areas around the Mikdash. Um, I probably should have had a, a map handy over here to show you exactly where all the places are. But, um, but either way, this is the, this is the mitzvah we're going to discuss a little about. Okay. Now, the, the, this, the, these are the psukim that give us the mitzvah. And then we have two mesechtot of Mishnayas that actually codify and give us all the details and that the Rambam summarizes here. So the two mesechtot that we have, um, is one is Masechet Tamid and the other is Masechet Midot. And they both sets of Mishnayas. And they um, both Masechtot, two separate Masechtot, the, the beginning of both Masechtot starts off with stating that this mitzvah, that there has to be Shmirat Beit HaMikdash, done by Kohanim and Levi'im, is, uh, is codified there. Now, there, there was a, another, another Rav in the, in the Yeshiva while I was learning there, 
um, by the name of Rav Shaviv, Yehuda Shaviv. And he actually used to give, he used to give the Daf Yomi Shira there and um, spent the whole day on the Daf. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he wrote articles. One of the articles that he wrote in the Yeshiva periodical called Dalon Shvut. So uh, he wrote an article about this particular mitzvah and uh, he zoomed in on this idea that um, you've got these dinim uh, spoken about in two separate masechtot, the same dinim. And he wondered what, uh, what, the, what the point of that was. In fact, uh, Lubavi Chereba uh, also wrote about, uh, about this and um, they, they, spoke, they spoke to this particular question as why you have two separate tractates of Mishnayot um, giving the same, the same dinim. Now, you do find in Shas that uh, Mishnayot are repeated. So, you know, you can have a, you know, you can have the sugya, I don't know, uh, the sugya of, of Ochel Nefesh is in Megillah and, and in Beitzah. You have Mishnayot all over the place. Um, but usually when Rebbe structured the Mishnayot, there's some sort of, um, you know, topical order or structured order that, uh, that, 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 that sort of is understood um, that, that the way that we really put these Mishnayas, there's some sort of connectivity to the Mishnayas under discussion. So if we talk in the Masech and Megillah, you've got a whole series of Mishnayot called the Ein Bains. Um, they're all about different topics, but connected by the phrase Ein Bain, which means there's no difference between this Mitzvah A and Mitzvah B, except for, you know, one or two variables. So you, you have a theme to all those Mishnayot. And then, you know, you have a Masechet Gittin, for example. You have a whole bunch of Mishnayot which are called Darkei Shalom Mishnayot. They're all following a certain topic. So yeah, the Mishnayot Masechet Midot is talking about a totally different Inyan to the one in Masechet Tamid. Uh, the Mishnayot in, Mas in Masechet Midot talk about the actual uh, building of the Beit HaMikdash. You know, the, the object called mitzvah, in, in the hefts of the Beit Amidash, the object. And Tamid is a different uh, set of alochas completely. The alochas is all about the avodah, how the Kwanim do the avodah, the chiyuv of the Korban Tamid and all, etc., etc. So in Lomdisha terms, uh, the analysis points to the following um, concepts, and that is that you have a set of Mishnayot which talk about Levim and Kohanim engaging with Shmirata Mikdash, the mitzvah of guarding the Mikdash, that, that those dinim are brought um, almost a repetition, one of the other, in two separate masechtas, and you're asking yourself, why are they in two separate masechtas? So you look to see what the focus of each masechta really is. And that is, you know, this mitzvah of guarding the, the Beit HaMikdash is the mitzvah which means uh, an obligation on the object called Mikdash. In other words, there's a, there's a, con there's a concept, but there's also a, an actual building called a Mishkan or a Mikdash. And the bait, just as the Beit HaMikdash has to have a, a Holy of Holies, a Kodesh Kodashim and an Azara, it also has to have Shmirah for dignity. So it's part of the actual building of the Mikdash. It's related to the the building itself, i.e. it's a, a sort of a chiyuv, an obligation which is 
focused on the entity called Mikdash, the object. That's one way of looking at it. And if if uh, if if the mitzvah of Shmirat Mikdash was was only in Masechet Midot, you would say, okay, the um, you know the 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 since the Masechet, as the name suggests, he's talking about the actual uh, specs, the specifications of the Mikdash. Part of the Mikdash is to have Mishmeret uh, Kavod, an honored God. And that's how that topic gets into that particular set of Masechtot. And that would, that would basically tell you that the nature of the mitzvah of, of, of guarding the Beit HaMikdash is, uh, is a chiyuv hefta. And just as the Beit HaMikdash has to have uh, 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 you know, all these different areas demarcated in the different levels of Kedusha, like we said, the Kodesh Kodashim and Azara, it has to have Mishmar Kavod. That would be a, a Chiyuv Chesta. Whereas looking at the fact that this mitzvah is then repeated uh, in Masechet Tamid, Tamid is not about the actual specs of the, of the Mikdash. There it's about the Avodah, the actual service that the Kohen and the Levi get engaged with. And therefore, if Shmirat HaMikdash is part of the Avodah of sorts, then it becomes a Chiyuv on the Gavra, on the person, not uh, as part of the responsibility of the Levim is to do Shmirat, it's part of the Avodah. So from the Mishnayot, there seems to be, you know, there seem to be two different uh, approaches, two different sets, Halachot, even though it's one mitzvah, but there's one focus on the Beit HaMikdash and one of the Avodah. And uh, and, and therefore, the fact that these, the fact that these um, Mishnayos, they talk to us, same, same dinim, but, but, you know, they're coming from two different angles. And that's why they mentioned both in Masechet um, Tamid and, and Masechet Midot. The one is about the Avodah, it's got the Avodah focus. That's a chiyuv on the Gavra. And the other Midot is about the actual specifications of the Beit HaMikdash. Part of the Mikdash is to have Shmirah. And then, um, and then uh, you know, this is this hakira, this analysis. The word hakira is analysis. This analysis would, would enable us to see these two components within uh, the one mitzvah. And uh, and now we sort of break it down into a few into a few um, different possibilities. So there'd be certain halachot, which uh, which 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 would focus on the chefta. And, and then some which would focus on the Levim, on, on the Gavra. So like, let's say, if, it's, if, it's, uh, if there are components of this mitzvah where it focuses on, on, the, on the person, so let's say if it's a halacha in Kohanim and Levim, um, we can then further divide that approach and ask the following or state the following. Is it a halacha that the Kohen has to do it? Um, or is it a mitzvah that it's on the whole mishpacha of the Levim? And uh, he's part of that. So, um, so therefore, the, therefore the, it's on that tribe. But you could even say further, it could be that they have to do it. But the, the halacha really is on all of Klal Israel that Am Yisrael as an entity have to make sure that the Kohanim and Levim do it for them. That's one way of looking at it if it's uh, on the people. You know, it's a, it's a Chiyuv on the Gavra. But there could be another way to say that it's part of the Avodah. 
and part of the Avodah of the Beit Amigdash. And therefore, that's why the Kohanim and Levim do it. They don't do it as representatives of the of Amisra. They do it because it's part of their Avodah. So that's what you can break. You can break that down into, into two further parts. Uh, the other side that Kohanim have to do it doesn't mean it's Avodah Dafka. There are certain things that the Kohanim do that aren't uh, defined by Halacha as, as actual Avodah. You know, you'd, you have Kohanim that do things like, for example, Birkat Kohanim. That would be a good question. Is Birkat Kohanim a din in Avodah or is, uh, is there a din in the, in the Mishpocha of Kohanim? Are they the only ones who can do it? Uh, today, Halacha Lamaisa, if you hold that Birkat Kohanim is the writer, so that's for sure Halacha in Mishpachat Leviyah. You can't do Avodah Michutz Lebeit HaMikdash. So we come out with, you know, four possibilities. Number one, it could be Halacha in anybody who's a Kohen or a Levi. And that question could be either A, Chiyuv on the Kohanim, or B, on all of Klal Yisrael. Uh, it's a din in Avodah and Levim who, uh, who are, you know, Ba'avodatam, therefore they have to do it. And number three, it's Alocha in the Chefts of the Beit Amigdash. It has to be guarded for Kavod. And, uh, and if that's so, then why do Kohanim specifically or Levim specifically have to do the Shemirah? Anybody can do it. So you would say, uh, it's true. But you've got a technical problem that a czar can't go into some of the places which you need to do shmirah over. They can't go into some of the places inside the mikdash. But in principle, anyone could do the shmirah. So, uh, you know, the, and, and you see from the shmirot that exist, it, there, there are different types of shmirot, one inside the beta mikdash and one on the outside. So, um, you know, so this is really part of the analysis of where the mitzvah is trying, you've got to try and uh, understand the components of this particular mitzvah um, to appreciate what's, what, that there are all these different dimensions to, to, this, uh, to, this, to this particular mitzvah. So, um, okay. All right, fine. Now, we, um, we, uh, we, we basically understand that as part of the Mishmar Kavod, you, you, you know, it's, 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 it also explains why the Kohanim and Levim would be chosen for this. Because um, in order to give dignity, you have to have people of a, who are, are of a certain Madrega, of Kedusha, that actually do the Shmirah. You can't, uh, you know, the concept of, uh, of having these people um, of Madrega do it, also adds dignity to uh, to the to the whole mitzvah itself. Now, you know, when it comes to, for example, you know, the Buckingham Palace again, so the queen could have just easily have gotten a group of guys with, uh, you know, with t-shirts on to do shmirah. Um, but it wouldn't have been the same. No one would have, you know, begged to have a picture taken with a guy in jeans and t-shirt. So, so, so same here, the Kohanim are the representatives of the Kavod of Am Yisrael. So that's why uh, they might, they, they're, they're engaged for this particular mitzvah. Now, from the Rambam, it's clear that it's a halacha in Beit HaMikdash because it's for Kavod. So from the fact that the Rambam puts the halacha of 
שמירה, אין הלכות ביתה בחירה, אינות אין הלכות כלי המקדש, או תמידים מוספים, If you're asking, how does the Rambam see this mitzvah of Shmira at Amikdash? You know, is it a chiruv on the chefza, part of the Beit Amikdash law, or is it part of the Tzmidim and Musafim, Masechet Tamid, the Avodav, the Kohanim and Leviyim? So yeah, you see the Rambam put it in Hilchot Beit Abichira. And therefore, it seems to be that this is what he's, what he tells you, the nature of the mitzvah, as far as he's concerned, is that... Um, You know, it, it, it's a Beit HaMikdash Alokha. The Alokhas of Kohanim are in uh, the Hilchot of Klai HaMikdash. Um, so that, that's sort of like almost a clear indication that this is the main focus of this particular mitzvah. It's a mitzvah in the Chefts of Mikdash. Now, the Rambam says that the Shmirah is Kol HaLayla. That, that when's this whole mitzvah there? We read it in Alokhas there that the, the mitzvah is the whole night. Now, the Rivad and the Mepharish on Masechet Tamid both think that that's not right. If you want to have Mishmar Kavod, it's got to be 24-7. And therefore, why would the mitzvah of Shmirah, which is there to bring dignity or give an extra elevated level of Kavod to the Mikdash, why is it only at night? No one comes there at night. It must be Kola Yom and Kola Laila. Now, The question is, what would be the, what would be the svara? What, what's the logic behind this argument? What really lies behind this machloket between the Rambam and the Ravid, whether the mitzvah of Shemirat HaMikdash is only during the day, you know, or during uh, the night as well? So the Mishnah HaMelech uh, comments, he says, it's Pashat it's only Balayla. You know, it seems to be that according to You know, all she taught, the Mechaev is the Kavod, is the, is the dignity of the, of the Beit HaMikdash. So the Rambam thinks that Kavod is only at night, and the Rambam thinks, why should Kavod be only at night? The Beit HaMikdash doesn't change from day, day and night. Um, so, the, so the Rambam probably thinks that the whole Svara of Kavod revolves around keeping the Beit HaMikdash busy, that it should ever be Um, it should never be closed or at rest. Now, during the day, the Kohanim and Levim are doing the Avodah and the Shira, and the place is buzzing. So, Rasulavajik said over like this in the Rambam, that he felt that the Rambam was driving at the fact that, be, that the greatest kavod you can give to a place is, uh, is, to, is, is, is that the place is used. So, during the day, where there's Avodah, everything's pumping there, then that, that in itself is the Kavod of the Beit HaMikdash. However, at night, no, there's no Kavod there because it's all, it's all shut down. And Dafka at night, therefore, we have to implement a Shmira. Now, there is a little bit of Hakravat Aimurim um, on the Beit, on the Mizbah. The leftovers are still being burnt there. But, um, you know, but in principle, that, um, you know, this is, this is the idea. So um, it sounds like the fact that this is an important concept, that if you want to really uh, give kavod to a, a religious institution, you know, to a base medrash, then just put people in it and let it, let it work, let it function. Because the functioning of the, 
of the actual Mikdash is the Shmira itself. That's the glory of the Mikdash. And at night, because there's no Avodah, so Dafka there, we have to put a Mishmar Kavod around, around the Beit HaMikdash. That's how the Rav understood, uh, understood the Rambam. Now, um, it's interesting that we also saw, I think we saw a little bit there um, in the text of the Rambam. No, we didn't read it. Halacha uh, tells you where they actually where they actually do the Shmirah. Yeah, then Halacha Vav. Halacha Vav. Lo ayu akwanim ashomrim yushainim bevigdai kuhuna. They wouldn't sleep while dressed in the big day kahuna. Um Kaplinotanumanikinotan So you have a roster of people sleeping around there, and they're gonna be doing their shift throughout the night. So they would um you know they would basically remove the big day kahuna and then uh, put put it under their under their heads. Um, so again, interesting to understand what's what lies behind this. Um, it's uh, are they allowed to go to sleep? These the chevra that are there. So to fall asleep in big day kahuna might be an, an isur. So the Rambam describes that they used to get out of the big day kahuna and fold it up under their heads and go to sleep. So they weren't bit kid as such. But nevertheless, it sounds like you are able to go to sleep if you're on the roster. Um, so they didn't go back home, but uh, they went to sleep, but in, in, a, in a state of discomfort um, because maybe they had to, you know, they couldn't sleep comfortably. People might have had to wake them up. And there, there was a, the Mufakedu who, uh, who, who was in charge. He would basically check up on, on all the people that... Uh, you know that we're doing we're doing shmira. Um, so they had a they had a fellow. If you have a look in halacha uh, yud, umamidin memune echad al kol mishmarot hashomrim. So they appointed a mefaket toran there. He's in charge of everybody. The ish harabait ayanikra. He's the harabait man. And uh, he would he would basically walk around checking. So you know, in, in our language, it said walk around with a torch. And so the guy would walk around, and if you never gave him a shalom aleichem before he got to you. Would be a sign that you're sleeping, and uh, they would be, they would be choveto tov b'maklo. He'd give you a zetz with his uh, with his with his stick. He'd be walking around with a with a with a you know with a baton or something. So uh, you had to watch out for the that you didn't get caught breaking shmirah or falling asleep, and the and the you know the Arabite man is after you. So this is um, and he could penalize you. If he caught you, Rushut Ayalo, he had permission. Israfet Ksuto had Shayu Amrim Bi Yerushalayim. Ma Kol Bazara Kol Ben Levi Loike 
ובגדיו נשרפים שישן, שישן לא משמעתו. heard noises coming from the Beit HaMikdash during the middle of the night, and you want to know who's screaming over there. So it's uh, some lady or coin who fell asleep and got donned by the, by the watcher call, by the, by the Mufaked, and then that is, uh, I wonder how they burnt the Beganim exactly. Um, I don't know if they could, could they burn, could they burn uh, the big day corner? Maybe because he was sleeping on them, so he was wearing his regular clothes, so that They'd burn those maybe as a punishment. You know, so that's uh, you know, that's that's the that's some of the details over here of this um, you know, of, of this particular mitzvah. So um yeah, so that's basically the story um of this of this mitzvah uh, coming at the end of uh, you know of Pashat uh, of Pashat Korach. Now it's interesting that. One could ask um, if this mitzvah has got nothing to do with Avodah as such. It's just on the Mikdash. One could ask, would it be possible to do this mitzvah now? Um, I mean, there's no Beit HaMikdash, fine. But to set up a Mishmar Kavod around the Makoma Mikdash, you know, um, maybe this mitzvah could still be done. In other words, it's a Mishmar Kavod. It's love, you know what I mean? Um, you know, is, would this mitzvah, you know, work today? Anyway, so um, specifically according to the Rambam, who holds that there's still sanctity, there's still kedusha in the Beit Hamidash. Um, so maybe it does, uh, it does work like this. You know, the Sefer Achinuch. He states equivocally that uh, this mitzvah is not is uh, not noeg bismanazeh, but there are other people who suggest maybe it is possible. Um, and there were there was a particular famous rob in Yerushalayim. Um, I don't know much about him. I just heard about him from from the Rav Tavori in the Shir. His name was Chaim Zimmerman. So he tried to set up such a thing. But it sounds like it wouldn't, have, you know, it didn't, it didn't take take off. Um, so, in other words, uh, if you had to now build a, a case as to why it wouldn't work, so you'd have the Avner Nezer has a truth about this, where he says that um, number one, there's no mikdash, and even if there is a mikdash, he thinks that you have to be choshesh for the shita that it's an avodah, and you can't have an avodah without a mikdash. And you have to wear the big day kahuna. And then, you know, you, you have kwanim and levim. You have to have them meyuchas, which means they have to be um, verified kwanim. We also don't have that. Maybe you have to be tahor as well, um, etc. So there's so many components that, that are thrown up there in discussion. It sounds like even though in theory it might be permissible, but, the, the, you know, no one's really activated a shmirat amigdash. All right, so I'll just uh, end off there with some of those details on the mitzvah and um, wish you a, uh, a good Shabbos. Shabbos, Rabbi. Shabbos. All right, man. Take care. Hey? Yeah. All the best. Yeah.